Hello and welcome to Dream Life Best Fit Role with me, Nikki Smith. I'm a psychologist and a career and business coach. I believe everybody can love their work and I help people to use their natural strengths to transform their work life and love their job. These podcast episodes shine a light on individuals who have created their dream life best fit role or business. I focus on how they've played to their natural strengths, those activities that energize and inspire them, and how they've conducted mini experiments to take the fear out of change and generate momentum. Hey everyone, I'm so happy today to be speaking with Tammy Guest. We met recently at the Spectacular Symposium in the Blue Mountains where we were both speaking on the topics that we love. Tammy is a naturopath, speaker, helicopter pilot, mother, traveller and author and we share a similar philosophy about small consistent steps yield big results and I can't wait to share especially one of Tammy's tips with you today which can skyrocket your vitality but with ease because the more that you listen to me and my world you'll understand that I'm looking for ways to improve our lives with ease. So welcome Tammy. Hi Nikki, so cool to be here. So happy to have you here. So I've given a brief introduction to everyone about you, but could you tell us a bit more about what you're up to at the moment and and what led you here? Yeah, so like you mentioned, I'm a naturopath and I absolutely love and thrive off sharing my knowledge around the human body and its capabilities. And it kind of came from background in medical science. So I I worked in morgues. I chopped up people's bits for a living. (laughs) I um, worked in cancer research and pathology. And uh, then I got into naturopathy. And I've always had a bit of a thing for aircraft and aviation as well. And so this part of my life is all about getting back into helicopter piloting, actually. I started two years ago and now it's a big dream of mine to travel around the world, all the way around the globe, and I want to do that in a few years' time. So I'm working on that at the moment. That is that's such a big, exciting dream. I love it. So fun to speak with people with a big vision and that is a massive vision. And I hear that you've put a call out for someone special. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so everyone, we're looking for a connection to, to Dick Smith. Is that right, Tammy? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was absolutely thrilled and inspired. You know that sensation that you get in your belly when your calling kind of calls to you. And I was at a an exhibition and I saw uh, Dick and Pip Smith's circumnavigation of the globe backwards, basically, from east to west. And I was totally inspired to go around the globe and do a similar journey and take pictures of the globe uh, 30 years later. He took 10,000 pictures to freeze frame and show what Earth looked like in the last decade of the 20th century. And now I'd really love to replicate it and see the difference in it. It's extraordinary and it's that that fire that I can feel in my belly. And because it's in alignment with my strengths and my love of, of all things adventure, uh, I'm yeah, I'm setting out to do it. I love it. I love it. Such a big dream. So we could clearly talk about that for the next 30 minutes, but instead, um, just so that I can share your hints on vitality. So in the speech that you made in the Blue Mountains, there were a number of things that really blew me away with their simplicity and their ease, but also with uh, studies showing that they have such an impact. So when you're ready, could you share with us perhaps your top three tips to boost vitality? 
Yeah, so these these tips are some of my favorite because they're, they're rooted in science. And because of my background in science, I love reading a good clinical trial, good evidence-based journal article. And I came across quite a number to do with cortisol. Cortisol is our long-term stress hormone. It kicks in after adrenaline's done its thing. It keeps up because of long-term stress. And unfortunately, it has some not favorable consequences at being high, at being at a high kind of level for a long time. Uh, cortisol can give you a bit of brain fog and you can't concentrate. It can give you sugar cravings. It can give you a fatigue pattern and it can really mess with your metabolism and, and end up with a little bit of an extra roll around the middle. So the three things that I came across that anyone can do, and we, we seem so hell-bent on medicine being a pill, but I like to coin the term redefining your medicine because medicine is just that thing that can really make you feel better and it doesn't have to come in a pill form it can come in all sorts of lifestyle medicine one of my favorite tips to modulate your cortisol by 50 percent, so it halves it instead of it being off the richter high because of high stress can actually bring it down by 50 percent for an extra three days after you do this is one hour a week doing something you enjoy something you feel joy while you're doing, something fun. And often clients, I mean, I've over the past seven years, I've averaged about over a thousand clients a year one-on-one and they're predominantly busy, driven, stressed out women. And what we've found is just employing this one hour a week to do something that they enjoy can really shift all those things I was telling you about. It can really shift your focus, your concentration, can give you clarity of thought and energy. It can change your metabolism and it can also bring down your stress for another three days after it. The main thing there is that they generally can't remember what it is they enjoy. Uh, And that's the same with um, beautiful people that come to me as well. They are depleted and stressed and life is full. And yeah, they often have forgotten about, well, what would it be if you were to have that perfect hour or that perfect um, evening? What would you actually do? So one of the things I give people tips around is what did you enjoy before you started this career that you've got? What did you enjoy before you were married or maybe before you had kids? What did you enjoy way back when you remembered what fun was? And it doesn't have to be movement necessarily. It can be something creative. Personally, I've gone through uh, life drawing classes. I've gone through roller derby. I, I tried out rock climbing and some of these things, they only lasted one, one session, you know. Some of them have lasted a couple of years. But it's finding that one thing that you can actually do for one hour a week where you actually feel fun. The reason for it is it stops your brain from thinking the way it's always been thinking. It gives you an opportunity to not necessarily think about work and not necessarily think about home, but it changes the neural pathway so that you can create a new way of thinking. Oh, I love it. I love it. So that was my favorite takeaway um, when I heard you speak. And I love it as well because this also matches up with the view of taking an experiment. So for you, I've done things such as life drawing and roller derby. And actually, when you've gone along to the first session, you haven't known whether it's something you'll do once or if it's something you'll do on an ongoing basis. And that's a really helpful attitude to have, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a mini project. You know, we all had projects or experiments when we were kids and um, it doesn't have to be set in stone, you know. It can just be for a short term or you might find that you absolutely love it. So it can be for long term, but it's it's an experiment, like you said. So brilliant. And anyone shown any resistance to doing that or does one hour feel possible to people? 
Yeah, so the the actual research shows one to four hours a week. And often, yeah, right back in the beginning when I was uh, doling this out as a prescription, four hours is seemingly a large task, especially for people who are juggling multiple things in their lives like we all do. So one hour is initially, it's a practice or an experiment to get it. Sometimes, you know, sometimes other things get in the way. Sometimes we create all these wonderful avoidance tactics. But one hour out of the 160-odd that we have every week becomes totally achievable for, I would say, over 95% of the people there. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what is your number two hint today? Yeah, so number two is around caffeine and sugar. The fascinating thing about cortisol is it feeds off caffeine and sugar. It's um, Cortisol gives us an idea about something that is an immediate threat to our lives, ideally. That's what it was made for. And it gives us an idea about if there is physical stresses around, emotional stresses around, or mental stresses around. But one of the major physical stresses is actually the things that we consume and how they have an effect on our bodies. And caffeine is like giving our adrenal glands a big injection or a big uh, physical stress without you actually going through the stress of something like, say, a marathon or hurting yourself or that kind of thing. So caffeine has a half-life of around eight hours in your system. And unfortunately, if you've got your first coffee in the morning at 6 a.m., for instance, and then eight hours later... At 2 p.m., you've still got half the amount of caffeine from that first coffee, which is actually about two cups of tea worth. And then eight hours later at 10 p.m. at night, you've got a quarter of that cup of coffee, which is still, you know, one cup of tea. And then by the time you wake up in the morning, uh, ready to crack on with your next cups of coffee, you've still got caffeine in your system. So essentially, we're all accumulating caffeine. So if you're having that second or third cup or even more to keep you going throughout the day, what in actual fact you're doing is completely stressing out your adrenal glands and creating a long-term stress and fatigue issue for yourself. So one of my biggest tips is getting that caffeine down to one a day or at least halving what you're currently having because it'll give you so much more long-term energy. Same goes for sugar. Unfortunately, sugar has a close relationship with cortisol through insulin and it will spike. So um, it's got this wonderful spiking mechanism over the next 20 minutes and that's why sometimes if you've got that two to four o'clock lull in the afternoon where you just, oh, you'd kill someone for a nana nap of coffee or a nice sweet treat to get you through until dinner time. If you go for that sweet treat, it'll last you about 20 minutes and you'll notice you'll go for that second little sweet treat 20 minutes later. It's because it's got this relationship where it spikes and then plummets again and your cortisol spikes up again. And to calm it down, you think that glucose is going to help you. Well, your body does anyway. So halving the amount of sugar you have can also help. I love it. And the thing I love about that is it's the moderation stuff. It's saying have a look at halving it to begin with. It's not saying let's go cold turkey, let's cut it out completely. You're not saying um, this is the only way to go. You're saying, okay, let's have a look at it and look at it how our body processes it and let's take the next step. So the next step may be halving it. The next step with coffee might be dropping to one. And what do you recommend for people trying looking at halving or cutting out the sugar treats in the afternoon? Yeah, well, great swaps, um, cortisol and adrenaline. Uh, to actually build them, it's a bit like baking a cake. You need the ingredients right. And the ingredients to make adrenaline and cortisol are actually magnesium, B vitamins, zinc and vitamin C. 
So having a nice smoothie in the afternoon to get you through that actually contains all of those vitamins. So magnesium is found in bananas, for instance. B vitamins are also found in nuts and seeds. Vitamin C is also found in plant material. And zinc can be found sometimes in nuts, seeds and seafood. So having a nice little snack in the afternoon, like a banana chia smoothie, or some of those little protein balls that you might find uh, recipes for on the internet where you're smashing up all these wonderful plant-based foods all together with these high amounts of these central nutrients, you're actually feeding the cortisol instead of just artificially rising it and then watching it plummet and then having to rise it again. Fantastic. Great two hints. I've become a big fan of the protein or bliss ball in the afternoon and I, yeah, I love it. So all you need to do is Google, yeah, bliss ball or protein ball. And you can also find recipes depending on what your favorite things are. So if you prefer chocolate cacao or if you prefer a certain nut, there's a myriad of recipes online. (sighs) I'm already feeling more relaxed, Tammy. (laughs) (laughs) Now let's look at the third hint for today. Yeah, so the third tip is um, is another one that, that science has shown can bring down your cortisol and all you need to do is this little tip for 20 minutes and then you get this 21 hours of extraordinary cortisol-lovingly goodness after it and it only takes 20 minutes. So the tip is 20 minutes laying flat for a nana nap. So um, the whole of Spain knows the benefits of a siesta and Google has sleep pods where you can actually dial in 20 minutes, a little alarm goes off with some nice music and you literally lay there for 20 minutes. The reason it works is because your cortisol, which is made by your adrenal glands that sit on top of your kidneys in your lower back kind of area, they don't just look after stress, they also look after these other funky things called mineral corticoids and they keep your blood pressure up. So if you're somebody who stands up a bit quick and gets a little bit woozy, it's generally because you've got this thing where your blood pressure won't regulate itself and that can be from your cortisol getting a little bit out of whack. So this one's a really big tip for those people and it's only 20 minutes. It might be your 20 minutes at 5 o'clock after you come home from work where you're really exhausted, you'd rather lay down than make dinner, that kind of thing. And in actual fact, the 21 hours after that, you're modulating your cortisol. So you're getting double the amount of energy, half the amount of stress. And some studies have shown you've got six times more creativity. Hence why, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world full of creativity has sleep pods. I love that because I think most people feel a bit torn about having a nap. I actually grew up in a family that approved of naps. They were, they were approved. Uh, one of my sister-in-laws, I remember her sharing with me how naps were just not allowed in her house. And even though naps were, you know, I was given permission in my household to have them, I still feel a bit torn about having them sometimes. So... It really helps to hear that not only are we managing our stress levels, uh, boosting our creativity, but we're also giving ourselves a chance to um, actually optimize our lives for the next 21 hours. I think absolutely that's, that's permission such... granted, people. Permission granted. And also, I wonder now that Google have implemented the sleep pods, how many other companies will do that? I think that's, re- that's really exciting, isn't it? 
Yeah, and I've I've worked in a number of co-working spaces all around the world, and they're a they're a mainstay in co-working spaces because of all these wonderful benefits. One of the things that I do find with some of my clients is that they'll go, oh, but uh, it's hard to stop at twenty minutes. But that's the thing; that's the optimal amount of time. Most of the clinical trials have shown so. Setting an alarm is the way to go initially, and if you find that you are a bit tired, it does take about two or three days to kick it back into you actually getting that rejuvenating feeling from laying down uh, rather than feeling exhausted from it because your adrenal glands yeah they they need a little bit of a practice after you've got them out of practice i love that hint so what you're saying is you may not feel that crash hot after the first one to three times but after that you should feel a lot better and just trust that you're doing a good thing for yourself and you beat me to the punch i was going to ask what's the latest time you should you can have a nap and you talked about it is okay even after work and I love that too because sometimes that is when the fatigue really hits when you've come back from work and started to relax so that's fantastic I spoke to a wonderful woman recently who has insomnia due to stress at work and you know bullying situation at work looking at insomnia we can look at it in a variety of ways but what I love again is instead of looking at that issue which has some complexity and some emotional attachment to it we're saying you could actually kind of ignore that for the moment and try having a nap during the day and see if that makes a difference absolutely you biohack your biochemistry and it's so simple there's no fiddling around literally with your chemistry it's it's a matter of laying down (laughs) you don't even technically have to be asleep it's just the the restful approach that is horizontal that will re-regulate your cortisol and give you that effect for the next 21 hours yeah, and that's brilliant. And so you've just prompted me to think actually that I, am, I have a number of clients who probably wouldn't sleep but would consider resting and because they are active achievers might want something to listen to. So what I will do is put up my favorite guided meditations on the website. So at nikkismith.net.au, I'll put up a page with some favorite guided meditations because sometimes that's the barrier. For some people who are active and achievers, just lying down isn't your favorite thing to do so having something to listen to might ease that that new habit perfect as well. perfect that's ideal having something to listen to is much better than uh, sitting there twiddling about on facebook or something else while you're looking at the screen it's a much better <laughs> activity to actually listen to something to get that calm kind of state than it is to actually be doing 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 mm. yeah so yeah should we put that in that lying down and looking at your facebook page is not relaxing do we need to say it out loud i think maybe we do yeah let's just clarify that that's that's a good one to just make sure we all know about yeah so it's screen free time for sure yeah Ah, awesome i love all of those hints and for me they feel achievable they it feels like there is ease in all of them so i'm just so wrapped with that collection of hints. I'm wondering if we could share a bit about your strengths because the focus of this podcast is to look at how using your strengths and mini experiments can create confidence, clarity and momentum. And I work with people who are are employees wanting to face a career change, whether it's big or small, and also business owners who are wanting to optimize their work life and either significantly cut down their hours or boost their income with ease. And we know that Strength is a key component of tackling all of the above topics. And what's fun is Tammy is actually married to a strengths expert. And so we had a ball talking about strengths in the Blue Mountains. <laughs> and I'd love for you to share what your key strengths are. 
Yeah, so my uh, top five strengths are connectedness. So I have a firm belief that everything happens for a reason. Ideation, I come up with ideas pretty much 24 hours a day. I'm an activator, so I love to start new things all the time. My other strengths are relator and individualization. So I love seeing the connections, particularly around seemingly disparate ideas or people and connecting them all together. What awesome strengths they are. How do you use them to you know, to focus on you know, your business and your work life? Is there one in particular that you really connect with and leverage in your week? Two in particular I connect really well with, which is connectedness and activator. So in my work, I am definitely, uh, well, I don't know, I'm using them all together to be honest. I constantly see how ideas that happen within the body can come out as ideas that happen within the world that we live in, the way that we think. You know, I see, I look at people's cells for a living, I look at them daily and when I see cells I also see what's happening on a macro scale rather than a micro scale in their lives and how they interact with the people around them and things like that. And I love sharing those ideas with people so being a speaker it's one of the things that I absolutely enjoy is to telling people about the interactions between all of that. So you can help people on an individual basis, but by speaking you can help more people and that kind of matches that interest in the, on the macro level. I love that. And, I mean, I, I dial up Activator a lot. I'm constantly creating videos. You might have seen some things on YouTube. Um, I'm constantly creating webinars and events and always working on the new upcoming retreat or whatever it happens to be. So Activator is a big one for me too. I've got Activator as well and I wrote recently that I feel like we Activators are so darn lucky to have it. So part of Activator is making things happen but I think it's also this understanding that it's better for things to be done rather than perfect. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's that other concept around someone has to start it. it. It can't just sit there as an idea. It has to get done. And it doesn't get done without someone starting it. And the blessing of being able to be so many years in business with me and having been in a background in in corporate and having been in a background in teams is that you can see how you can start that and then having a team around you or others to follow through to get that the rest of the executing done is, is essential. You can't do it on your own as an activator. Perfect, perfect. What you're saying is in certain tasks or contexts, you're the one to implement and activate. But actually, as your business develops, you've needed to connect with others and build a team in order for other things to be uh, implemented. The principle within strengths is that uh, what we want to do is outsource or partner up with people who can do things that actually drain us so for example we may have strengths in certain things but essentially those tasks drain us so we don't call those tasks true strengths just strengths so what Tammy's referring to and I've we've talked briefly about this about how she's put together this fantastic team around her now before you say (laughs) before you think you know where do I start whether you're an employee or a business owner what I recommend you do is simply to start with one hour so for example the goal is to shape our work week to play to our strengths 60 to 80 percent of the time so if you think about that the aim is to pick one hour in that week that you're actually going to 
outsource, partner up with or eliminate a task from your to-do list. Now starting with one hour it's a bit like the one hour of fun makes it achievable and when I started out doing this I actually traded time so money wasn't even involved so I would trade some coaching for some admin work and the other one the first one I paid for was to pay for a cleaner because I find cleaning and the sort of cleaning unusually stressful so that was something that gave me a lot of energy back in my week so please consider just starting with a small task or a small amount of time rather than thinking that's too big a task or that's too overwhelming. Yeah, so I'd have to agree with that. I, When I was first starting out, I thought I was on top of it all and <laughs> I was not. And I did the exact same thing. I traded my ability to help people with their cells with a bookkeeper. And my execution and my ability to continue with things that I've started are well and truly down on my list of strengths. Uh, execution, so um, in strengths, there's four different areas that all the different strengths come under and executing is is one of those areas. And my first executing strength comes in at number 16 for me. And the rest of them are in the last 10 of the, of the 34 strengths. So they following through really isn't my thing and details really isn't my thing. So I did exactly the same as you. I swapped two hours of my health-related knowledge time for two hours of a bookkeeper's time and finally got back on track with my finances, which was great. And did that feel easy to do or was there any moment in that transaction where it felt a bit uncomfortable? It felt easy once I'd, I'd done it. Initially, though, I was it was my first business straight out of being in, in pathology where the hospital just paid me, you know. So I came out of it thinking, well, I don't know how this works. I've only been on the receiving end of it. I didn't know the ins and outs of it. And I thought I had to do it all. I really thought that being a small business owner meant that you were in charge of every facet of your business. And that was the bit that I had to hurdle over. And as soon as I got rid of that, wow, things shifted massively. And um, I now have a team of predominantly eight people, but it can balloon for different projects that I have. Yeah, and that's brilliant. And I think the message we want to share is that it started with that two-hour block. Yeah. Um, you know, the team of eight starts with one person in a two-hour block and you never know what will happen. I definitely concur and I think that can be a bit of a misunderstanding with Activator, can't it, that with, we're great at taking action on everything and it's not the case. Um, definitely getting started with things, having things done, not perfect, but absolutely potentially the detail and the ongoing implementation is not a strength of ours. So I love it and that's the same with me. I've teamed up with a bookkeeper as well and I have to say though, I find the first hour or two of most of these partnering up with moments as being really uncomfortable because you need to develop trust Um, you're handing over very personal information potentially (laughs) so really do recognize that it's there's a bit of discomfort at the start but it's worth persisting because you will know at the hour two or three mark whether you something you want to keep doing with this person and I literally could not live without my bookkeeper as I'm sure you literally could not live without your cleaner for us to be in that 60 to 80 percent of the time in our strengths It boggles my mind that I actually had a life before I handed over these things that just are not my strengths. It it just boggles me that I actually gave all all of this time where I could be in flow to something that I was definitely not in flow with. 
Yeah, I love it. And so you can call it like a strengths believer. (laughs) (laughs) Coming over to the strengths side. It does. And so, you know, one of my big motivators is to bring more ease into lives, including my own. And playing to our strengths does that. And like Tammy said, there's this notion and concept of being in your flow or being in your zone of genius. And one of the best ways to guarantee finding it and getting and getting into that state and that place is by getting to know your strengths and starting to outsource or eliminate the things that actually drain you. Such a strategic uh, way to go and something that we've both benefited so highly from. Absolutely. Uh, so part of the focus of this podcast is about taking many experiments giving things a go and when we do that we can sometimes feel like something's a blooper or a mistake or feel like we're falling on our face so I do like to ask our guests what is a big blooper or a mistake you've made and recovered from can you share something with us um, it pertains back to that uh, that first tip I gave everybody around having one hour a week doing something that you enjoy and when I first came across this a friend of mine said okay well what would be your one thing? Oh, I don't know about that. And she said, well, okay, well, I'll give you a stretch. How about five things? Oh, okay, great. Yeah, how am I going to do that? So it took me about four weeks to write the five things down, things I'd always wanted to try. Number one was rock climbing. And I went, okay, well, my husband gets to go and do his thing three hours a week. I can just do this one thing for one hour. Okay, so rock climbing it is, and then I had another couple down on the list. But what happened was I went, okay, well, if I can do this, everybody can. So I started prescribing it for everybody in my clinic. But the next four weeks after it had taken me four weeks to write down rock climbing, it was all about me actually getting up enough guts to give the rock climbing place a call. I was creating every excuse in the book as to why I couldn't do it. I was going to be on the wrong day and it wasn't going to line up with my kids. It was going to cost too much money. It was all out of time and out of whack and I hadn't even called yet. So I finally made the call and they said, okay, well, you do need to bring a partner along for your first time so that they can be on belay. And I was like, oh, there's my excuse. I can't find a person who wants to come and do rock climbing with me. So it came to a couple of weeks down the track yet again and uh, my husband came home late from his mountain biking and I went, right, that's it. I'm going and getting this rock climbing because this is going to be my thing. I can't wait. So I got my, my friend to come with me and then we went and paid our money and I went, okay, this is fantastic. Look, all these wonderful looking bodies. I'm going to get a body like this. I'm going to climb this wall. Awesome. Got right up to the top, turned around, looked down and oh my gosh, my hands were so sweaty. My palms were sweaty. I thought I was going to fall off the bil- like the whole um, that whole wall on the inside of this gym. I thought I was going to make the biggest goose of myself and I thought, nah, this is it. I am never, ever doing this again. <laughs> and uh, I went back down and spoke to my friend. I went, okay, this is not it. This can't be it. Right, okay, well, I've been prescribing this for everybody. So I've been making up all these, yes, you have to do it this way. So the blooper there was definitely that I was just giving all this advice and I hadn't followed it. It came to two weeks later and hubby, again, coming back half an hour late on his beautiful mountain bike, and I was getting a bit narky. And he said, how about you go back to that rock home? No, I'm never doing that again. Well, what was second on your list? Oh, roller derby, but it's going to cost 400 and something dollars for a pair of skates. I can't do that. It won't be on the right day. It won't be on... And I found myself doing it all over again. So not just one blooper, another blooper. And it just followed the other one. I hadn't learned anything. And he said, okay, how about you go and see what it's all about? So no, I'll just walk the dog around the block. Two weeks later, same thing happened again. He came home only a little couple of minutes late. But because I hadn't been giving myself that one hour, it seemed extraordinary to me. 
I think it's about time you went and walked the dog. I went, oh, radio. I got in the car, got cranky and realised it was that time. So I went to roller derby and sat on the sidelines and a lady came around and said, did you want to try it? It's only five bucks to hire skates. <laughs> Classic. And I'd made up all this stuff in my head. Five bucks, hide the skates, spent the next two hours just focusing on not falling on my ass. <laughs> And I didn't think about work. I didn't think about home. I didn't think about my husband and his extra half hour. All I could focus on was how blissful it was to think about something else. And um, I ended up doing roller derby for nearly two years after that. Massive blooper after blooper. And I didn't just make that one mistake. I did it again. But then it got me to where I, where I needed to be. And I absolutely loved my experience after that. I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us because (laughs) it's really showing that humble side of us, isn't it? Of, wow, it's one thing to to give the advice and then for us to take it on. But I imagine it gave you all sorts of empathy and compassion with supporting people through that because you could actually also demonstrate with your personal story that this isn't necessarily the simplest thing to implement but it's worth persisting. And also, I certainly find with clients around habit change that we need to look at all of those reasons and they do come up. Potentially there can be eight reasons not to do something because it's hard or eight negative thoughts that stops us from starting something new. The thing that really shone uh, shone out to me in that story was that the turning point, the tipping point was you sitting at the rink. That was the tipping point. Yeah, moving from the self-talk into just one action, moving from that negative self-talk that gets you into a bit of a spin where you don't know any facts about the situation at all because you haven't actually done anything and then actually taking action. So the first one was around making the phone call and realizing that it wasn't all of that and then the next one was about actually taking the action of sitting next to the ring and all the self-talk turns into facts. Love it. And the thing is, is I think as adults, we expect ourselves to, to dive into things full throttle like we know enough let's just do things but it's interesting that actually when I look at children and I've got one of my own who absolutely needs to observe things before she dives in and I feel like that's what you were doing in a way that you allowed yourself to go and sit at the rink to actually observe to take it in to actually be in the environment and you didn't necessarily expect that you'd join in on that day I wonder if that's a pretty helpful takeaway that take the next step which might just be looking on it might be watching an instructional video <laughs> it might be yeah it might be googling um, it might be making the phone call absolutely so, Tammy, I'd love for us to set a listener challenge. Have you got something front of mind that you'd like to set? Absolutely. The the permission for a nana nap is my favourite. So sometime in the next week, I would absolutely love that the listeners gave themselves permission for that 20 minutes, just 20 minutes. You know, we have over 160 hours in a week to do all the things that we need to do, the same amount of time that Einstein had, but just to have that 20 minutes of laying flat. Excellent. One lying flat for 20 minutes in the next week. And also, you can let us know how you go. So can you let everyone know where to find you, including your brand new fantastic book, Freedom from Fatigue? So you can find me at TammyGuest.com. And uh, you can get the first chapter free on TammyGuest.com actually. And the book's called Freedom from Fatigue. It's available through Amazon, but it's also available through the website. And I'm also very active on social media at Tammy Guests with an S on the end. 
And Tammy also has a YouTube channel. So if you Google Tammy Guest, you'll also be able to check out her videos, including she talks about coffee. There's an, even an, a fantastic three or four minute video then showing you even more detail about how your body processes caffeine, which I love. That's one of my favorite ones of your videos. <laughs> <laughs> Tammy, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today and all the best for your helicopter challenge. And I can't wait to hear from everyone how they go with their nanny nap. Thanks heaps, Nikki. I can't wait to hear how it all goes as well. Thanks, Tammy. Bye for now. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear more stories like this one, please subscribe and spread the word. Till next time.